Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. expel some energy today. Acts chapter number three, I got a little bit of a lengthy reading, uh, but if you'll just bear with me for a little bit this morning. Acts three and verse number one, and I realize you've already been standing. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Going on to the next verse, and he spoke. And he took him, rather, by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood, walked and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. Thank you for standing for the lengthy reading this morning. I'd like to minister for uh, the next just few moments. I will be mindful of your time. I would like to minister along these lines. Setting expectations or making accommodations. Setting expectations or making accommodations. Will you help me pray this morning? Father, I come to you today. Lord, we're grateful, Lord, for another time to be in your house. Another time, God, to be, Lord Jesus, in your presence. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us today, God. Grant us understanding. I pray, O oh Lord, let the anointing of your spirit, God, that we have felt, Lord, through song, Lord, reside here even now, God, through the ministry of your word. I pray, O oh Jesus, lead and guide and direct. Help us, Lord, today to be very sensitive to the will of your spirit. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray, amen and amen. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. Setting expectations or making accommodations. Very simply this morning, if you'll allow, I'd like to define these two words, expectations and accommodations, uh, from a dictionary this morning. Expectation is nothing more but a belief someone will or should achieve something. Uh, Accommodations uh, defined by the dictionary is simply the process of adapting or adjusting to someone or something. And I would believe to a certain uh, extent in our world and as humans, we all like to be accommodated. We like to uh, be accommodated. I, uh, we, over the years, of course, have done uh, much traveling. And with, with that being said, we have stayed in numerous locations concerning uh, motels and hotels and 
of various various degrees of of uh, accommodations, you might say. Uh, we have stayed in some that were not so accommodating, and others that were very very accommodating. And 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 I, I guess because I stayed in one this past couple of days, I began to consider uh, the accommodations that we receive uh, when we're at a hotel. A very uh, a good hotel would would do whatever is needful or necessary in order to make you feel comfortable, uh, to accommodate you. Uh, I have been in places that uh, we have stayed at uh, as a guest. And uh, that particular place sometime in the mid-morning and in the mid-evening uh, would come by and they would have snacks and refreshments. They knock on your door and they say, Mr. McGee, would you like anything to drink or would you like anything uh, to snack on uh, right now? And that, that's very accommodating that's that's adapting to me and, and my wife and my children and you say snack around my kids and honey they're ready for snack any time of the day so uh, very very accommodating to to receive a bottle of water or or, or, or a can of, of pop or soda whatever you wish to call it and maybe some peanuts or M&Ms you know uh, nothing that they tack on in addition to your bill uh, but just just trying to be accommodating and a lot of times even at that afternoon hour when they come and not only is it snack time but they would ask even even beyond you know they've already come in and, and kept your room which is very accommodating I don't there's nothing I like more than being able to leave a messy bed and someone come in and make it for me I tell you <laughs> I tell you what if anything else the price of that room is worth that right there someone coming in making my bed putting the pillow back where it belongs all of that bringing me clean towels and now you know we live in the uh, the, the green time of the world if you hang it up you keep it if you put it on the floor you get fresh ones well honey I'm just thinking man I, I just put it on the floor just bring me a new one this is great and they'll do it it's so accommodating and after they've already been in my room and they swept the floor and all these things and, and they come back in sometimes at these other, other places we have stayed before in, in the afternoon and they have asked, uh, could we get you any more towels? They've already been in there, but in case I've used any between it, can I get you any more towels? And one place we stayed at before, they said this, can we turn down your bed for tonight? I'm saying, I'm going to ask them if they'll tuck me in. I mean, this is... This is accommodating. This this adapts to me. You know, this this pets me where I like petted. This 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 is very this is pampering to me. It's very accommodating. They're adjusting and doing whatever. And, and you know, like just where we pay Play, uh, stayed this past week up at the counter as you would leave they always had water setting out there you could grab or cookies setting out there that you could grab you know coffee's 24 hours sister Sarah at any time you know what I'm talking about and it's accommodating brother Fred to have that and we like that I think as humans we like to be accommodated you know uh, we try to do that around here whenever we have guests and they come and stay or a special speaker. We try to accommodate them. If, if, if there's anything you need or if there's anything I can do to help, if you need something to Walmart, we'll go get it. Or if we're out eating on Sunday afternoon, we're over there and say, you need to drop by here. We'll go through. We'll pay for it. We're trying to be accommodating and we're trying to adjust and adapt to where they are and how they live and how everything is going. But the thing with accommodation is this. Whenever you are making accommodation for someone, whoever that someone is, that doesn't change anything for them. You're just adapting to how they are. You're just adapting to how they are. You're adjusting to who they are. But accommodations and expectations are grandly different. 
because accommodations kind of adjust and, and, and uh, pampers an individual where they are, but expectations are making the expectation, if you will, or a demand for them to go somewhere. Accommodation says, I'll do whatever I can do to make you feel comfortable where you're at. But an expectation says, you can't stay where you're at. you got to go up a little higher. Or you got to go just a little further. The Bible states in Acts chapter number 3 concerning this lame man. And I've already used some time. My, let's get it going here. This lame man in Acts chapter number 3. And please don't just uh, disconnect because this is a familiar uh, setting of scripture. We understand that he was born lame. We understand that he was carried daily to the gate beautiful by his family Acts chapter number 4 tells us for he was above 40 years old and so for the entirety of his life uh, he has been lame, has been carried to this gate called Beautiful and as he's been there for the past 40 years uh, he has made it a common practice of his that whoever walked by going into the temple he had a cry for them and his cry according to the scriptures was he cried for all. I want some alms, a little silver, a little gold, whatever you have in your care. He was telling them what he would like. He was hollering and calling for alms. If I could say it in different words, uh, he was asking to be accommodated. Can, can, you, can you give me what I desire? Can you give me what I desire? I'm crying for alms. Please just accommodate me and help me right here. And everything for 40 years, for 40 years, people that have went past that way have been accommodating him. They've been adjusting, if you will, and adapting to what he was crying for, just giving him some more silver and more Go, But on this particular day, with his encounter of Peter and John, something happened. Whenever this man cried out for alms or he cried out to Peter and John, make accommodations for me, Peter looked back at him and basically told him, look on us. And I can imagine the lame man probably thought this is going to be like it has been for 40 years. I'm going to be accommodated. Uh, they're just going to give me what I have asked for and I'm going to get some alms. And the Bible says that the lame man expected to receive something of them. No doubt his expectations, the expectations that he had, though were not rising above his request to be accommodated. Just some silver, just some gold, just give me some alms. And many times I understand in our own lives that when we want to be accommodated, sometimes our own expectations of ourselves can be limited by wanting to be accommodated. Our expectations can sometimes be limited by just wanting to be accommodated. I don't desire nothing more, Peter. Nothing more, John. Just some alms. Just pamper me right here. Help me to stay comfortable as I have been for the past 40 years at the gate called Beautiful. And just give me some alms. Please just accommodate me right, right here. Comfortable, if you will. But in verse number 6, the Bible says that they then came what the, the lame man did not expect. In verse number 6. Because Peter said, silver and gold have I none. 
In other words, Peter, all of a sudden, this man has been used to, to being pampered used to to being accommodated uh, they showed up if I could in terms that I've already spoken they showed up every night in the evening time and asked him if they could pull back his covers for bedtime yeah, come on. Now, just, just rest with me for a moment imagine being let's say I stay in a hotel like that for seven days and they do that every day and somewhere in the process of that they don't show up at that time they don't ask if they can turn down my bed and I've let them do it every night and they don't, don't that's a little shock therapy there I'm calling the front desk. I'm hitting zero. No one was here to turn down my bed tonight. Because it, it was no longer accommodating me. And what Peter's about ready to tell this man, he says, silver and gold. He says, have I none? You know what Peter's basically saying to this lame man that's been accommodated for for 40 years? I can't accommodate you. I can't adapt to where you are. I can't pamper you where you are. I can't adjust to where you are. I cannot accommodate you. This blew this man's idea of what was going to happen and what was going to take place. But Peter did not leave the man unaccommodated totally. What he did was set a expectation on a man that had been accommodated for for 40 years. For 40 years, they just give him what he wants. For 40 years, here's alms, here's alms. I'll accommodate you. But now Peter says, I can't accommodate you, but I can set some expectations for you. And he spoke to him, and I say unto you, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. See, rise, saying rise up and walk is not accommodating to the man. That's setting an expectation for a lame man that hasn't been able to walk for 40 years that you need to try to get up and you need to try to start walking because for the past 40 years all you've done is accommodated about where you are. He says, but I'm just raising the bar a little bit and setting some expectations for you to rise up and walk. Can someone say amen? And the Bible says that his ankle bones and his legs and everything received strength. And exactly what they asked, he arose and he walked and he leapt and he praised God. Amen. And it was great and it was tremendous. And everybody was amazed at what happened because this man had been accommodated for years, 40 years. They were all amazed because somebody now was not just accommodating him, but they were, if you will, setting an expectation for him. And what happens is whenever they're there are, there, whenever there are expectations set rather than just accommodations granted, the miraculous happens. There was no miracle witness during the 40 years of just pampering and saying, you're okay where you are, beggar. You're okay where you are, lame man. It's okay that you can't walk. We'll give you the alms that you want. We want to be pleasing to you, accommodating you, pampering you. There was no miracle in making accommodations. The miracle happened when there was an expectation that was set. What are you saying, Brother McKee? I believe in our own personal lives and in the life of the church, we need to may do some setting of expectations because setting expectations will help us go beyond where we presently are. Just accommodating. Just accommodating where we are doesn't do anything for going beyond where we are. Amen. So, Brother Fred, as a point of order, tonight at 5 o'clock is going to be men's prayer. All right? 
because moving men's prayer back to quarter after five to 5.30 to 5.15 because some people don't show up till those times is accommodating. And as long as we pamper and accommodate, it won't be 5.15 till be 10 till 6. 5 till 6 because it's accommodating. We'll never go anywhere like that. But if I make an expectation that as leaders of our household, as the men of this church, we need to get here an hour before church. We need to go in the back. We need to spend some time in prayer as much as you can. And please understand, whenever you're done, please do not come out here and just have a big ha-ha fellowship and lose everything you gained back there. If you come out here, find yourself a seat and still be mindful in prayer. Why are you saying that, Pastor McGee? Because we'll never go beyond where we are if we don't raise the expectation and go for that. We'll just be accommodated for, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's fine. Let's just sit here where we are. I don't want to make any more accommodations. The miraculous doesn't happen when you make accommodations. The miraculous happens when you set expectations. Not just for the men. Uh, maybe maybe people don't know where I stand, but uh, it would be the desire of mine, as many as could, to get here an hour before church and pray. I know on Wednesdays that's difficult. I know that, but as soon as you and get here, pray. Come an hour before church and pray. Honey, it happened by prayer. It's going to continue by prayer. Amen. It's going to take prayer. Amen. In order for this to happen. I remember whenever we had the upper room experience, so to speak. It was prayer. It was prayer as a prayer. But just falling off of that and just accommodating to our routine and how we feel and what we want. It won't, it won't do it. It won't do it. The miraculous won't happen there. It won't change there. It's whenever we set our expectation and then push forward toward the expectation. Someone hear me today. This world needs a praying church. This community needs a praying church. I need a praying church. The people that come and visit here need a praying church. They need to hear whenever they walk in the door, people in the prayer rooms. They need to be here, people crying out to God, placing their needs before the Lord, asking God to anoint, asking God to set free, asking God to deliver. They need to hear the prayers of the people. It will change. It will alter our life. Hallelujah. But we got to set, and I'm trying this morning to set some expectations because I'm just of the miraculous. Yes. So if you're wondering what I expect, I expect us to be here an hour before church. I understand because you've been accommodated maybe for a while, but you might not get that hour in. But you go and pray that 15, come out here and just be still. Be mindful of the Lord. Before you know it, the 15 will grow to 30. The 30 will grow to 45. It'll happen. And we'll feed off each other's prayer. I'm telling you, you'll see the hand of God do some things. Because we, I've, we, we, this isn't our first rodeo. I'm sorry, Brother Ray, but I can't, I can't move that time back anymore. Because that's just accommodating. That's just accommodating. We prayer times back then would say, well, you know, yeah, don't, don't worry about trying to fast a day. If you can get just a meal. What is that doing? That's me being the bellhop at the door of your soul. Saying, can I turn your bed down? 
Can I make life a little easier for you? Can I, can, can, I somehow make, can I somehow make this walk of God have a little bit more sparkle to it for you? By it fitting you, then you fitting it. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We, let me tell you the power of prayer. I'll share this. Brother Carpenter shared this story from his church. The first month of January, they have uh, every, every day of that month, they have prayer. They start prayer at the church. As many as can that will come, they have prayer at the church. They also have a daycare and they have a Christian school. Their church is a square. Outside of their square is basically hallways. Some of you that have been there, there's hallways on either side. And so all of those rooms around now, it wasn't when it first started, but all those rooms around now are for daycare students. So they're having prayer at the moment in time that people's going to be dropping off their kids to daycare. So as there's a, a lot of more cars in the parking lot than normal, and then those, those uh, days of prayer in January, here are some many of the saints in there, they're praying. And as they're praying, people's bringing little Johnny and Susie that don't attend their church to daycare. And while they're walking down their aisles, you know what they're hearing? God, have your hand upon our community. God, break the bondages in this place. There was that walked in that day. I didn't know this. But there was, Brother Andrew, I didn't know this, but the chaplain, the chaplain who's the athletic director for UT, the University of Tennessee, he's the chaplain for all the, 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 the athletes in the University of Tennessee, takes his children to Brother Carpenter's daycare. He walks in that morning to drop his kids off for daycare. He's the chaplain. He's not of their faith, but he's the chaplain. For the UT volunteers, the basketball, he's the chaplain. He flies with them, goes everywhere with them. He's the chaplain. He's the one that prays with them before they go out, all that stuff. He comes in there. He says, huh, what's going on around here this morning? He says, well, we're, we're in prayer days of prayer here to start off the year. He says, do you mind if I come in and join you with some prayer? Yes, sir, go on, come in. Brother Carpenter said they were in there, and honey, they started praying, and boy, about 15 minutes in, they really started bearing down praying. And he said, I started, he said, I started watching and praying. And he said, I've seen where he was, and I didn't see him. I thought, oh, God, it was just probably just too much for him. He says, and still, I, I started walking toward the pulpit, and it was like, there he was in all of his orange. Brother Andrew stretched out right before the altar, just flat on his face, praying. He said, it looked like an orange stripe from the football stadium. He said, just right there, before on his face and he was crying out and praying to God what are you saying folks and I know that's people being exposed to it from a daycare but we have services around here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night and everybody that comes isn't just always a member of this church they come in and they need to hear the prayers they need to hear the prayers they need to hear the prayers they need to hear mothers crying out for their daughters and fathers crying out for their sons they need to hear the prayers of the people so we can't make accommodations though we gotta set expectations amen the bible tells us in Mark chapter number 9 and my time is moving quickly but in Mark chapter number 9 the bible tells us in the scriptures of a man that comes to Jesus Christ in Mark 9 he comes to a man who's he said his son was like a lunatic and that he has a deaf and a dumb spirit, so it would seem. Sometimes he throws himself in the water and sometimes he throws himself in the fire. This is Mark chapter number 9. And he comes into the Lord and he states very plainly into the Lord, listen to me now. He states to the Lord, he says, your disciples. He says, your disciples could not cast out the deaf and the dumb spirit. 
So they could not cast out the deaf and the dumb spirit. And Jesus takes care of business with this deaf and dumb spirit, commands it to leave and go, and it did. And then the disciples approached the Lord in verse number 28. And their plea in question was basically this. Lord, why couldn't we cast out the deaf and the dumb spirit? Now what you got to understand, this is, this is after the fact where Jesus had sent 70 disciples. He anointed and picked 70 other disciples and sit them among the multitudes. And his mandate for them was to heal the sick and that he gave them power over scorpions and serpents and over all the power over the enemy he had he had administered to them he had dispatched them to go forth and do some of these very things such as the the casting out of unclean spirits of the deaf and the dumb he had already admonished them to do so and yet there came one to them they were unable to do it and they come to the Lord then as Lord, why couldn't we do this? Now notice, I want you to notice something in verse number 22 of Mark number 9. Hallelujah. Whenever the man is speaking to Jesus and speaking of his child, he says, oft times it hath cast him into the fire, speaking of his child, and into the waters to destroy him. But notice his plea, his question of the Lord. He says, Lord, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, does someone want you to understand this word compassion right here in Scripture? This man that was making the request of the Lord knew what compassion truly was whenever it concerned Jesus Christ. Because compassion for the Lord had been seen on multiple occasions. The Bible said that he was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, those that were blind, he made them see. Those that were lame, he made walk. Those that were uh, deaf, he made hear. The leper, he cleansed. And all of that was provoked by compassion. So compassion, in, in the clarification and definition of the Lord, compassion didn't mean you accommodated. Compassion meant you set an expectation. And so this man comes to the Lord and says, Lord, if you can do anything, if you will have compassion. This man, knowing what that meant to the Lord, understood that he didn't want the Lord to accommodate his son. In other words, let's just put him in a padded room somewhere and let him be comfortable, have his fits, do whatever he his need were necessary just to endure what's going on right here. No, that was not his plea. He knew with the Lord whenever he asked for compassion, he was asking for the Lord to set something some expectations uh, to provoke a change uh, to provoke an alteration for this deaf and dumb child that he had and so the Lord set the expectation upon this boy amen and that expectation was an expectation of deliverance uh, deliverance and so here are the disciples uh, they're saying Lord why couldn't we do this why couldn't we do this and he said boys uh, he said some of these uh, come not uh, but by prayer and fasting. Now I want you to know what Christ did not do for those disciples. His first expectation of them, heal the sick. I give you power over scorpions and serpents. Cast them out. Do it. And they came to a place they said, Lord, the man said they didn't do it. You know what Christ didn't do? 
He said they didn't. Well, bless their heart. I'm going to have a meeting with them. Boys, I'm so sorry you couldn't do that. I tell you what, why don't you just leave that to me and you just do whatever you can do. What Christ did not do with that scenario is accommodate them. What he did not do with that scenario was accommodate them. But whenever they said, Lord, we couldn't, we, we, we couldn't do that. Uh, we, we couldn't accomplish that. He said, boys, let me set your expectation just a little more square. It cannot happen unless you're going to be praying, unless you're going to be fasting. You know what he said? He said, I'm not going to accommodate you and pamper you and say, well, bless your heart. It's okay. No big deal. No. He says, I'm going to raise the expectation. You got to get a little bit more deeper in prayer, a little more deeper in fasting. Raise the expectation. And we see later in the gospel what's happening. There's disciples, amen, that unclean spirits are going at. Even the shadow of Peter, as it touched some, the Bible says, unclean spirits, not just healing the body, but unclean spirits were driven. Why? Because evidently the miraculous happened after they met the expectation. He didn't pamper them. He says, this is what I expect. Bible tells us in the Old Testament scripture and again you got to remember and I'm not jumping on Daniel here right now but in Jeremiah 29 it's whenever Jeremiah was writing those letters that would get Daniel and Daniel would be granted some understanding concerning Israel but what he spoke in there which is a very popular verse that's used all times at graduations of Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 he says Jeremiah 29 verse 11 he says for I know the thoughts that I think towards you other translations say I know the plans that I have for you saith the Lord thoughts of peace not of evil to give you look now unexpected end he said I, I got plans I got expectations for you I got you know what he was telling those people with everything of hell all around them with a society that was going down the tubes all around them God was saying I got some expectations for you when I told you to build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat of them whenever I told you to go on and marry that wasn't making accommodations per se for your surroundings I got some expectations of you you're not always going to be there you're not always going to be in captivity you're not always going to be in bondage so don't just take on your yourself the belief of the world that you're living in don't just take upon yourself all the fruit and the houses that they live in hallelujah I'm not trying to accommodate I'm trying to raise your level of expectation you're not always going to be where you're at there's going to be a miracle some would say hallelujah in the Old Testament times where we consider sacrifices the Lord sometimes the Lord knew the social economic status of people were different. All right? Just like today, when you have the upper class, middle class, lower class, no class, whatever. But the Lord, the all seeing knowledge of God, knows the capacity of one's level of sacrifice. And so there's times of certain offerings that He said to bring. He said, you know, bring a lamb or bring a bullock or bring a ram. And then there was times he said, but if you can't do that, then bring a couple turtle doves. The plan for the turtle doves was not an accommodation for the people that just didn't want to bring the ring. The turtle doves was there because of the varying 
capacity of people being able to afford and sacrifice in order to get around. There were some people, they didn't have the financial means in order to get around, but they could a turtle dove. And he says, so bring the turtle dove. He wasn't being accommodating. He wasn't being accommodating just so that, you know what, today, I just don't want to mess with a ram. Today, you know, oh God, help me. You know, everybody, I love you. I'm just talking. Okay, today, Lord, really, in the financial plan, I'm saving up for a bass boat. So I'm going to bring a turtle dove so that the excess of what would normally cost to bring a ram, I can put toward the boat. He didn't set that up in order to be accommodating. He set it up for expectations. He says, you're of this level and this degree. This is what you should be able to bring. You're of this level and this degree. This is what you should be able to bring. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, with his innermost core of disciples of Peter and John and Andrew, he did not make accommodations for them. Whenever he separated those three from the, at that time, other eleven, because Judas is on his pernicious way to do his business, whenever he separated them from the other eleven and said, let's go over yonder, and he said, pray here. Watch him pray here, and I'm going to go over a little further yonder, and I'm going to pray. And the Bible says whenever he came back on one point in time, there his disciples are. They are asleep. That first time he came back to the disciples, he did not say, well, bless their poor pea-picking hearts. We just had Passover and everything. They're probably wore out. You know what? I should have really brought some pillows for these guys. I should have brought some skins I could lay over and get their. That's not what he did. He woke them up. He said, can you not pray with me for one hour? Look, he doesn't become accommodating. He sets an expectation. Can you not, can you not, can you not watch with me for one hour? He leaves the scene. He goes back to praying. He comes back. Doop, sleep again. This time, though, he just leaves it alone. He's not being accommodating because everything that's about ready to uh, come about, Judas and the band of men, all of them are coming. Uh, we, we would, no, nothing else needs to go on here because what we were p- supposed to be praying about is happening right now. Yeah. And he tells him just to sleep on not being accommodating. It was just at that point in time for all things to come to fruition. But I want you to notice, even those inner three, Peter and James and John, some of those were the only ones brought in the room whenever the dead were raised, taken on the Mount of Configuration to see the transfiguration. They had all these great he was not. He said, boys, if you're going to see what I've brought you into rooms to see and on mountains to experience, he says, I can by no means continue to do that if I'm just going to accommodate you. I'm going to have to set. You're the inner three for a reason and for a purpose. And if you want to be that close to me and view things that some of the other 11 never view and experience some of the things none of the others never experience, it will not happen by me accommodating you where you are and say, go on and fish every other day. And when I need you, I call you. Matthew, you go and stay at your receipt of custom and do whatever you want to do. I'll come by once in a while and I'll bless you. No, no, no. I'm setting an expectation for you. you got to pray. you got to intercede. And you will witness the miraculous. The first thing that Jesus did the first time he ever went to Jerusalem. This is always just just, just wow to me. First thing Jesus ever did whenever he first went to Jerusalem in his public ministry. First thing he did was cleanse the temple. 
You know the last thing he did whenever he visited Jerusalem? He cleansed the temple. The Bible says his judgment is going to begin. It must first begin in the house of God. Now look, and we'll look at this tonight. We'll look at this Wednesday and some other times. Where the Bible speaks of Jesus then looking and crying over Jerusalem. And spoke again. I know this verse has come up several times in the past few weeks. How oft I would have gathered thee as a hen gathers its brood under its wings. But he said, ye would not. Crying, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, that sleweth the prophets. He says, ye would not. And he spoke to me. He said, your house is left unto you. He said, it's desolate. Listen. You don't want to be accommodated for. Because accommodations leave you as you are where you are accommodations help you to remain the same but expectations will challenge you to change what's Jesus say whenever he goes in there with his little whip that he made for the cleansing of the temple as he's approaching it he's hearing the exchange of money he's hearing the bleeding of of lambs and Goats and the cooing of doves. When you put it in these terms, he's hearing the sounds of fellowship. He didn't come in and say, Well, where should I back up the wagon to bring the rest of the rams? For one thing, selling rams and lambs and turtle doves in the temple, you know what that was doing? That was being accommodating to the people. Because they didn't have to bring their ram or turtle dove from wherever, how many miles it was that they lived to the temple. They could wait to get to the temple and then buy. That's accommodating. Jesus says, let's tie this circus up. I'm standing, I'm standing as a responsible voice today because you know what? Why a lot of what took place right there in the temple, the selling and everything that took place, that was responsibility on the priest's shoulders. Because he was the manager of the temple. So somewhere along the way, the manager of the temple allowed such thing. He allowed accommodations to be made. So I'm preaching to your pastor this morning. I'm telling you right now this morning. Amen. Christ is coming in. He says, let's tie this circus up. He said, you got to stop with this allowance for accommodations. He said, my house is not going to be a den of thieves. It's going to be a house of prayer. He said, whenever people are starting to approach the temple, I don't want to hear, have them to hear all. Hear me today. I don't want to have them to hear the, the clamor of fellowship. Of horizontal to horizontal. I want them to hear the fellowship that's vertical. <laughs> Expectation. You know what people need to hear when they come to these double doors? More than you talking about your week or what happened with the sports team uh, over the weekend or any ever knew of life you know what they need to hear above that level they need to hear the prayers they need to hear the prayers we need to be vocal in our prayers they need to hear the prayers of the people all around in these rooms that's crying out and calling out to 
God. Amen. He said it's not going to be it's not going to be a den of thieves. It's going to be a house of prayer. Amen. And so he spoke his expectation to him. He did it at the beginning when he walked in Jerusalem and evidently there was some course correction that was needed before he ever lived because he went back in there again and said it. So I'm asking you this morning please bear with me. Please don't look at me that I'm just hammering the same thing over and over again. What I'm trying to do is just trying to keep in the forefront of our minds what the expectation is. And I'm not just talking about a personal expectation. There's a lot of things that I bring across this pulpit. This is just not a personal soapbox, but it is greatly rooted and grounded right here in the Word of God. And so whenever I speak that, let me tell you, I'm trying to share with you the expectation of heaven, the expectation of God. And I should clamor for His attention. I should clamor, amen, for His fingerprint upon my life. And folks, it will bring the miraculous. It will take those 40-year issues that's been lame and bring them back to life. It caused them to walk. It caused them to conquer when there's an expectation set rather than an accommodation made. If you'll stand with me today. I did go a little past. No one said anything though. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.